0: Hey everyone, it's Jeff Anderson from Modern Combat and Survival, and in all of the firearms training that we put out to our readers, subscribers, and followers, we have this solid foundational rule that in a real gunfight, it's not seconds that count, but it's split seconds that can mean the difference between life or death. And that's why I was excited to get author and firearms training expert Tony Walker on the phone with me for this podcast to talk about his best tips, tricks, and tactics for getting that half-second advantage on your attacker so that you are the one that survives the confrontation. Now, you're going to get a lot out of this, especially if you carry a concealed weapon. But even if you just have a personal firearm for home defense, you're going to get a lot out of this. So go ahead and check this out and enjoy.
1: Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival.
0: Anytime you're facing an attacker, especially an armed attacker, it's clearly to your advantage to have the element of surprise on your side. Under the best circumstances, that burglar in your home won't see or hear you sneaking up on him, and you'll be able to force him to soil his drawers as you gain cover, flick on the light, and let him stare down the barrel of your shotgun, after dialing 911, of course. But what if you're not so lucky? What if you are the one staring down the barrel of a gun in a home invasion, an ATM robbery, or a road rage encounter? At that time, you're clearly at a disadvantage, and you need an ace up your sleeve and a finger on a trigger fast. Getting your finger to that trigger before your attacker can pull his is going to require some fast reaction and what our guest today refers to as the half-second advantage. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine, with another survival podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and patriot. Today, we're joined by Tony Walker of TonyWalkerBooks.com to share his unique tact- his uni- Hold on a and today we're joined by Tony Walker of TonyWalkerBooks.com to share his unique tactical strategies from his book, How to Win a Gunfight. Tony, welcome to the program.
2: Hi, Jeff. It's good to speak with you.
0: Great to talk to you. So, listen, everybody, uh, if you haven't heard of Tony before, Tony's always been heavily involved in the, shooting, in the shooting sports, and he's been a firearms instructor for more than 30 years. Now, in addition, he ran defensive handgun classes in England. at You may know by the accent, that's not from Alabama. <laughs> But uh, He ran defensive handgun classes in England at Delta Training, which was the premier shooting school in the U.K., instructing everyone from military personnel, police, and even the occasional TV actor and actress. Tony's wife later moved to Arizona, where they ran the SAS Training Firearms School, and it was there that he developed his half-second advantage theory, which he put into print with his book, How to Win a Gunfight. His articles have been published in numerous firearm magazines and in the USA, UK, Australia, and South Africa. And I highly suggest you pick up a copy of Tony's book and check out the rest of his training and even his fiction works at www.TonyWalkerBooks.com. Tony, in your book, How to Win a Gunfight, you talk about this half-second advantage. What exactly do you mean by the half-second advantage, and why is it such a critical component in surviving a life-or-death gunfight?
2: Well... If you can have half a second in which to move against your opponent, that is a long time in combat uh, parlance because you need to get an advantage. He may have a gun in his hand, but if you have a brain that knows about the half-second advantage, you can use this against him. Let me give you an example. Okay. Uh, A guy has broken into your home, and you see the door is open and you think, I've got a gun, I know what to do. But if you shout to the intruder, you're going to come in and then just casually stroll through the door, the bad guy's going to be ready and he'll probably shoot you as soon as you appear in the doorway. Obviously, in a situation like this, <laughs> call the cops and uh, leave fast, let the cops deal with it. But we want to keep you alive and we want to shoot you about the half-second advantage. So what you could do, if you're fit and trained in dynamic entry techniques, You could do a shoulder roll across the floor, landing up about six feet inside the door, and then you are inside the room. The bad guy is looking at the doorway. He doesn't expect you to roll across the floor. He will then be focused on where he thinks you should be. And in the meantime, you are aiming a gun at him and possibly pulling the trigger. You've gained a half-second advantage.
0: Tony, let's apply the half-second advantage to the scenario of a home invasion where you don't have the element of surprise, where your presence is already known. You may even have a gun trained on you. It could be the early stages of a hostage situation or some sort of a face-off, and you need to get to your weapon fast, but your attacker already has you in his sights. What can somebody do in that type of a situation to be able to gain that half-second advantage to get to their gun?
2: Well, if the attacker is seeing you... If you tank is seeing you, one thing which will always get a half-second advantage is uh, drop to your knees. The simple knee drop, you kick up your feet, drop to your knees, the guy is focused on your face. That's where humans interact. We look at each other's faces. But suddenly you've disappeared from sight. You are now three feet lower with a gun in your hand pointing at him.
0: Okay, you've listened to my interview with Tony Walker of TonyWalkerBooks.com about how to gain that half-second advantage in a real-life or death gunfight so that you go home as a survivor. We'll be back with more tips, tricks, and tactics from Tony here in just a minute, including how to use language to your advantage in a confrontation, how to use their overconfidence to be able to gain that survivability factor, as well as some really great training tips that you can use to prepare for a real-life gunfight. But first, check out this message.
1: What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun was wrong? Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range. Don't place your family's safety in the hands of Hollywood fairy tales and hearsay. Claim your free copy of Stopping Power Secrets now, now at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com And now, back to the show.
0: Okay, we're back with Tony Walker of TonyWalkerBooks.com to talk about how to gain the half-second advantage on an attacker in a real life or death gunfight. Let's go ahead and pick up where we left off. Tony, one of the most overlooked tactical strategies for dealing with an armed attacker is how you can use your language to gain an advantage over an attacker. Now, you discussed some unique strategies for this and how to win a gunfight. Can you share with us a a few specific ways someone can verbally create a split-second reactionary space to be able to engage their attacker for either a disarm or to shoot to, to stop the threat?
2: Asking the question, the human brain is programmed genetically to react to outside stimuli. Uh, for instance, if you're walking down the street, someone calls your name. You will automatically turn around to see who it is. Uh, I'll give you a little exercise which you can try at home. Uh, tell your friend or your spouse, girlfriend, whatever. Say you're going to ask them a simple question to which they will know the answer. Then tell them that this answer will mentally be registered in their brain. So what you do is say, Hey, what is today's date? Maybe they won't know that. Say. What's, what is today? How old are you? What's your name? They will know that. And that answer will automatically flash up on the screen of their brain. They can't stop it. By doing that to a bad guy saying, hey, listen, I want to tell you something. The guy's brain ultimately going through receiving. Oh, hey, this guy wants to tell me something. Might make me rich. And by that, he's in receive mode. And in that time, your hand is streaked down to your gun and brought out your gun. So you're now confronting an armed man and you have a gun in your hand too. And if you really feel the need, you will be shooting. While well, his brain is processing your answer. He's thinking about, I wonder what this guy wants to tell me. Well, what you can say as I say, you can tell him you want to tell him you can say, to him, I want to tell you something. He's in receiving mode and while he's doing that, you're shooting at him or moving or running away, whichever you choose to do. There is another way you can uh, use the uh, putting the bad guy's brain into receive mode. And it's just in an everyday situation. Uh, you're walking down the street and a panhandler comes up to and asks you for money. Uh, whichever big city you're in, panhandlers are everywhere. And so what I do, I answer in a foreign language. Uh, not Spanish in the USA, of course, because too many people speak Spanish. But if you use a little French... Uh, You say, je ne comprends pas, je suis français. And all that means is, I don't understand, I'm French. But by the time the guy has figured out that you're speaking in a foreign language, you've already gained a half-second advantage and you're walking away from him. You don't need to give him any money without causing any offense. You do need a little bit of acting ability, though.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the cool thing about this is that it all happens subconsciously as well. It's nothing that they're really in control of. It's how our brains are conditioned. Tony, one of the most common threats we prepare for in concealed carry is that of a hold-up robbery where an armed attacker really does approach you in a parking lot or an ATM machine asks for your wallet. The fact is... Most three criminals that are in this situation know that all they have to do is wave a gun in the face of their targeted victim, and most people are just going to whimper in fear and just and just hand over that wallet or purse, which is actually, I mean, we recommend people do that, but there are times where you just know, like your gut tells you, no, this isn't just about the wallet. This is truly a life-or-death experience, and I have to do something. Now, in How to Win a Gunfight, you claim that there's a way for a citizen armed with a concealed carry weapon to use this confidence to their advantage in order to buy them time to get to their firearm. Assuming that the victim is reasonably sure that their life is in danger and that this is more than just about the wallet or purse, can you explain how a man or a woman can gain that critical half-sinking advantage that they need to draw their firearm and shoot?
2: Absolutely. This is where you need a, a little bit of acting ability, not a lot. And what more importantly, you need the confidence to use it. What you should do is show all the symptoms of panic. Tell him that you'll do anything he has. Oh, don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. I'll, I'll give you the money. Tell him you don't want to get hurt. That's important. Tell him you don't want to get hurt because that is lulling him into a false sense of security. The guy thinks, oh, this chicken doesn't want to get hurt, does not he? Okay, hey, I've won this. He's going to give me this money. So what you do, you tell him your wallet's in your back pocket and you give it to him. Hey, my, 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 my wallet's in my back pocket. I, I'll, I'll give it to you. He's now in a false sense of security. He thinks you're a really easy mark. He thinks he's going to probably beat you to a pulp as soon as he's got your money. But meanwhile, instead of producing your wallet, you pull out your formerly concealed handgun. You've then gained the half-second advantage.
0: That makes a lot of sense, I mean, and it takes some <laughs> it definitely takes some acting skills as well. Um, what about for a woman? I mean, like a lot of women I know, they're not always carrying like on their hip. You know, they're mostly carrying <laughs> like true. in a purse or something. Is shirt, there some... Yeah. Yeah, so well, how could they do this also?
2: Once again, you carry out the same amount of acting. Uh, <laughs> panic. No, don't hurt me, don't hurt my, my purse is in my my wallet's in my purse, I'll I'll get it, I'll get it, I'll get it and you go into the purse and pull out a gun. Of course, if the guy next to grab the purse, that's a whole different scenario. Hmm. What you should do then is Give him the purse and run. That's all I can suggest. There is no other way of getting around it. You've lost your weapon, nothing else to do but run. Another way to do it if there are people around, of course, is to shout no in a very loud voice.
0: Yeah, bad guys, do that. yeah bad guys They'll don't like a, Yeah, they don't like attention drawn to them. The other thing, I was, thinking, the other thing I was thinking maybe for a woman, as um, as I'm visualizing this is uh, if you have your handgun in your purse, you could maybe say Actually, it kills two birds with one stone. You can say something like, wait, all I, all I want is the picture of my baby. All I want is the picture, but you can have my purse. Just let me get my picture of my baby. One, it reinforces the attacker that, you know, oh, okay, maybe I don't want to kill this person. They have a They have a kid just like I have a kid or whatever. But as you're reaching in to get your quote-unquote picture of the baby, you should be able to get to a handgun rather than just handing over the purse.
2: Very, very true. But unfortunately, there is, there is one drawback, and I've come across this many times in the students, the female students I've had. They carry a gun in their purse, but they also carry the rest of the world in their purse. You are going to carry a gun in your purse. You must, must, must keep the gun in a separate compartment with nothing else in it. That is vital. Do not put cell phones, change, tissues, or anything in that compartment in your purse. The only thing in that compartment must be the gun. And I'm afraid that 99% of the female students we've had, after a few weeks, they lose that slot, and oh, oh yes, I can put my cell phone, I can put my little camera, I can put, oh, I've got another little bill full, I'll put that, and before you know it, it'll take five minutes to get the gun out. That in the Mac truck.
0: <laughs> That's a really good insight. It's hard to it's hard to stop a bad guy with lipstick.
2: Yeah, sure, sure <laughs> you know,
0: Tony, most people go down to the range to train for accuracy with their weapon, and really, it's it's a very static training environment. You know, I mean, you have the, it's a relaxed atmosphere. You're shooting at paper targets. The tactics that you talk about and how to win a gunfight are much more dynamic, and they're and they're way more effective at surviving an armed encounter. So what specific training strategies can you suggest to our listeners to help them master the half-second advantage that you're right about?
2: Well, to get the half-second advantage, what you must do is learn to draw the gun from the holster or a purse in a pretty short time. And what you need to do is learn the draw. First of all, obviously, we can't go into, you know, holster selection, but let's assume you're wearing a holster on the strong side of your body. Uh, Learn the draw, it's very simple, it's five moves, grab, grip, pull, push, press. Grab the gun, firm grip on the gun, pull the gun from the holster. push it towards the target, press the trigger, grab, grip, pull, push, press. Now we used to teach this in Arizona and we guaranteed to all of our students, At the end of the shooting day, we'd be able to draw, fire a shot, and hit the target in less than one second. And the fastest one we had was something like uh, four-fifths of a second, and that was done by a man who was 83 years old. So it can be done. All right, it's a circus trick, but it may save your life. And bear in mind, the target was just at arm's length, so it's... Nothing like that. So, accuracy doesn't count, because the bad guy is not going to be 25 yards away. Uh, you rarely hear of any street muggings done with a guy using a, a sniper rifle and a loud hailer. Give me your money, or I will shoot. It doesn't happen like that. The guy is in your face. So, learn to grab the gun, get it out in a hurry. Aim for the center of mass, and I always recommend point shooting. You do not need to see the sights. The sights are not going to hurt you. The bad guy is. You will automatically point the gun at the center of mass. If you can point your finger, you will hit anything your finger is pointing at. Learn to do that on the range. Do it at short ranges. Do it at five, seven yards. No more than that. Just learn to pull the gun fast, point, and shoot. Another exercise you can do is, assuming you're on a range that allows this kind of thing, uh, draw and fire one shot while carrying a bag in your weekend because that will cause a little bit of unbalancing to you. So practice. Most people, you know, they're carrying a bag. They don't want to drop it. Me, I'd drop the bag. But that's just me. If you're carrying a baby, of course, the situation is totally different. Practice knee drop. This is something you can practice at home with an empty gun. Uh, And use a cushion break the fall. Drop your knee. Bring the gun up. See where it's pointing. Uh, As soon as you have finished the drop, your gun is there. Freeze in that position. Take a look. See where the gun is pointing. Uh, Another training method is uh, shoot and scoot. SAS is what the British military elite do. Shoot and scoot. Draw, fire, move, fire, move again. Keep moving. Do not stand in one position to be shot back at. Fire your shot. Move to another position, preferably behind hard cover. Shoot again. Move again. Count your shots. Something else that you can do, which was hard work when we were doing it in Arizona, was going prone. Go to prone, shoot, and then roll across the floor. Shoot again, roll again, shoot. You only shoot when you are laying on your stomach and the gun is pointed. So I do not try shooting from flat on your back. It looks good in the movies, but believe me, it doesn't work. That's simple training exercise you can do, and I recommend them. Uh, they're not going to blast through hundreds of rounds of ammunition in a training session, but the 50... To say 100 rounds that you'll expend in a, a full mm. day's training will be very valuable, and you will learn something. Well,
0: Tony, I know you by reputation in your writing, and I, you're not one of those people that, that always follows mainstream thinking when it comes to tactical engagement with a firearm. And You have some rather unorthodox viewpoints that I think people really need to tap into. One of those is there's a common held belief that, if you're facing somebody, they could be wearing body armor, and if they do, the best method is to shoot twice to the to the center mass and then one to the head for that kill shot. You have a different point of view on it. What's, what's your take on this method, and is there a better way to engage somebody even if they're wearing body armor?
2: In real life, if the bad guy happens to be wearing body armor and nothing happens except he staggers back a little bit, uh, do not do what a lot of these schools teach. Oh, two to the body, one to the head. Makes good and sure that that guy's dead. Well, I'm sorry, head is a totally mobile target. It moves in all directions, up, down, side to side. It's moving target. We don't want to shoot at a moving target. It's bad enough hitting a, a static target. Here's where you aim for. Aim for the pelvic girdle. Believe me, no man once again pointed at his pelvic girdle. The one good thing about aiming there is you get a shot into the pelvic girdle. There's a huge bone there, the pelvic bone. A shot to that bone is guaranteed to take anyone down. And on a more bloodthirsty uh, look at that picture, there's two very fat, juicy arteries, the femoral arteries, run up the inside of the leg and come together in the pelvic girdle so it is a, certainly a debilitating and possibly a fatal wound if you get shot in that area.
0: Well, wow. Tony, uh you've really overdelivered. <laughs> I really appreciate <laughs> you giving some some really great tips, um really really great on tactical advice. So thanks so much for sharing your your half second advantage strategies with us today. I know this is, you know, this is really going to make people think outside the box when it comes to how to survive. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Again, everyone, I highly suggest you grab a copy of Tony's book. Now you know why. (laughs) So go grab How to Win a Gunfight in order to tap into really his experience about how to overcome what may appear to be overpowering odds, but actually win the battle. So you can get your copy and learn more about Tony and his training at www.TonyWalkerBooks.com. And until our next survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now.